738 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's the Pensacola Morning News. Sheriff Chip Simmons is here with us. Uh, Scambia County Sheriff Chip Simmons. Sheriff, welcome back to the show, sir. Good morning, Andrew. How are you? Oh, I'm good. It's good to have you. Uh, I, I want to start with this because I know it's on the minds of everybody on, in the agency. It's certainly on your mind. Uh, you had a terrible uh, traffic incident over in Okaloosa County that we had all heard about. And then the subsequent news comes out that the male who had been killed in that wreck was uh, Master Deputy Kevin Ray and his daughter Lauren was severely injured. And I just, my heart breaks for, I know your agency and, you know, a man in the prime of his life. And I just imagine it's very hard for you folks to deal with the loss. Uh, you know, it's our hearts are heavy this week. We, like anyone else, uh, you know, he works with an, ind- with an individual for 20 years. You get to know them pretty well. Kevin was assigned throughout almost his entire career uh, at the judicial building. So a lot of people at the judiciary uh, was very aware of, of, of Kevin and yeah. his demeanor. And I've fielded several phone calls from people talking about that, talking about how, how nice he was, how professional he, professional he was. And, you know, he loved to wear the uniform. He loved to serve his community. And then to, to hear, you know, such a tragedy, um, you know, and then to make it worse, his daughter was in the car with him. And uh, I've, saw, I've seen pictures of the, uh, the crash scene. It's just horrific. And obviously we're, we're, we're pulling for his daughter to make a complete recovery. His, his daughter, um, her mother also works at the sheriff's office. So we're, we're kind of rallying around that family at the same time that we're mourning the loss of, of, of Kevin uh, himself. And... Um, again, we, we just want the community to know how much he loved to serve and, and how great a deputy he was. And according to what looks like have uh, killed by a drunk driver, allegedly. And, you know, we don't know. Obviously, I have to wait for everything to pan out. But the most senseless, ridiculous reason, you know, when you think, I mean, things happen. But this is why we're always telling people don't drink and drive ever, right? It's it's so tragic. There's just so many tragedies uh, involving this this particular thing, and a traffic accident itself that takes the life is is tragic in itself. But it's an accident. Right. When you drink and drive, to me, it, it falls out of the of the accident realm and into the you should know better realm. Right. And and we continue to tell people don't drink and drive, don't drink and drive, don't drink and drive. And then today's environment where you can get an Uber, you can get you know a, a taxi cab you can get whatever you need to or here's an idea have a designated driver right you know and and then to do something like that and then have these uh, terribly tragic consequences i i got no use for you you know um uh tonight you are going to have a uh, the gun violence round table it's a very large event I mean, there's a lot of people that i know have been invited to this tell folks what to expect this evening well, first of all, it's the it's the first of what I, I assume will be a couple of, of these these roundtable discussions because we can't have everyone. Uh, I, I'm not a fan of having a meeting just to talk about you know the same thing everyone else always talks about. I wanted to have a meeting where we can uh, do two things. The first is to list list a good friend of mine says a good place to start is at the beginning. Let's start with the statistics. What what are we seeing here locally? Not what you're hearing about. What you, not what you perceive. Let's talk about what we're really seeing. And so I'll go over a little bit of that. Um, probably give Chief Randall a chance to go over what they're seeing in the Pensacola Police Department, which is probably the same that you know we we share a border, 
Um, so I and then after that we'll open it up. Let's let's talk about best practices. Let's talk about where where the county commission, the city council, the mayor's office, where the state de- delegation can 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 help us out. Is it an appropriation from the state? Is it a a statutory change? Is it is it technology? Is it something that 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 other agencies have done the other communities have done that we're not doing and, and if we're not doing it why are we not doing it is it because we don't think it's appropriate for our community or is it not cost effective for our community there's a number of things that that we have already done and i i just want to make sure that everyone understands that that we've not been sitting on our hands for you know for years um and and we have been doing a lot of things and there are some some huge increases in some communities that we're not we're not seeing but um, you know, it depends on what your perception. You mean is. there are there are huge communities in gun violence elsewhere. Yeah, we're not sorry, seeing yeah. a comparable spike here. That's correct. Okay, yeah. and 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 again, because it's hard, like you said, it's very hard to know. Uh, even I'm in the news business, right? It's my right. job to kind of know these things. Um, what you have is the perception of an, a, a wave because you have some stories that you might see multiple times, but that's not the same as statistically knowing how things are changing or not changing, right? Well, just give you an example. And again, I, I don't want to be defensive. One is too many, right? So, I mean, we, we have to, to put this in context. They say, oh, is it worse it's ever been? That's nowhere near true. <laughs> I was a law enforcement officer in the 80s and 90s. It's nowhere near true. We had many, many more homicides, many, many more shootings uh, but, but back in the crack cocaine days. Um, and actually, our numbers for aggravated batteries and aggravated assaults are actually down this year compared to last year. But that's not the perception because that's not right. what you're hearing. And again, one is too many, certainly two and, and 20 are too many. But I just want to make sure that people understand what we are actually seeing here. And then we try to dig down into what, what causes that. Is mm-hmm. there Are there some commonalities here that we can start to address? Is it socioeconomic or is it is it cultural? Is it is it something that we're not doing? Yeah, no, and that's a great reminder because, you know, the goal is zero. But let's be well aware of how far we are from that goal or not. And right. like right now, we're not nearly as far as maybe the perception is. And that's an important thing. I specifically wanted to ask you because I keep seeing the stories coming out of Mobile about the, the shot spotter technology. And, of course, I talked with uh, Chief Randall about this last week. He is a big advocate. They had that in Newport News where he is from. And it seems like an obvious move for the city, but it seems also like that would be the kind of thing that the county, the sheriff's department could partner on. I don't really understand exactly if, if it needs to be over a contiguous geographic area or if it can only be in your hot spots. It seems like it'd be tailorable in that way, but is that something that your agency has been also looking at? Yeah, you know, when you look at, at combating any any crime, you look at what's available. And it's part uh, part of that is always technology. You know, there's manpower, which we talk about recruiting and that sort of thing. Um, and another part of it is use of technology. The shot spotter, for those who are listening, it's basically something that listens, and if it hears something it thinks is a shot, and it and identifies, it triangulates where that is, and then cameras will point to that in that direction, hopefully catching somebody. It's not the end all. It is not because it's, it's very expensive and they go by square mile because you have mm-hmm. to set up so many cameras. And so what you have to do is you have to pick the location where you want it because Scambia County is pretty big. Right. And it, it's not really as conducive to a rural area as it would be for an urban area. Sure. And even the city of Pensacola, quite honestly, is is maybe barely big enough to have that you know, in, in some of their downtown areas. Um, so, yeah, it's something that we've looked at. It's something that, that, that we may end up integrating. 
uh, in specific locations, and that's part of that intel gathering. We, you know, we, we get the information, we find out where the majority of these shootings are taking place. We stick a, a shot spotter in two or three square miles, three or four, maybe five square miles, and and then we use that as a tool. But again, there's some there's some backlash. There's cameras and there's there's things that are involved in this, and some people don't don't like that, um, and that's why we have those discussions. But the shot spotter program is just one piece of what we are we're looking at. When I when I first became a sheriff, I started looking at technology, and shot spotter was one of the things that we looked at. Another thing is a real time crime center that we don't have here in Escambia County, which is crazy to me because Okaloosa County has one, Bay County has one, Mobile has one, all the bigger cities have one. We just haven't had that. So what we're we're looking. We have identified a location within the sheriff's office. I've identified identified some funding sources for that, and I'll discuss that a little bit more uh, tonight. But there, there's some things along the techno, and then the shot spotter program can be integrated into that real-time crime center as well. So hold on for just a second because I need to get a traffic break in here because I'm, I'm not sure I understand the, the idea, but I want to understand it because it okay. sounds very interesting. Uh, Candy Cullerton's got traffic on the five. Uh, we were watching Hollywood and Bobby Street. It looks like that roadway is clear, so you shouldn't have any problems getting where you're going. 437-1620. If you see that slowdown or accident, Candy Cullerton with traffic on the fives. Thanks so much, Candy. Back to Sheriff Chip Simmons. Sheriff, just two things. One is, so what I hear you saying about ShotSpotter is, you guys have looked at it. You may have gotten quotes. You kind of know what's involved, and that would be uh, likely a part of an overall strategy. That's correct. Okay. Yes. And, okay. And that's why we haven't done it yet. We're trying to work on this real-time crime strategy. No point to roll out a piece of the puzzle when you're trying to put a whole puzzle out there, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other one is this real-time crime center. What would that be different from what you have now? What is the or what is the Walton County thing that they have that we don't have? Well, it's Okaloosa County, but oh, sorry, what, Thank we, you. what we in Bay, it's it's basically a way f- that we can integrate all the intelligence coming into the agency at one time. Uh, what would happen in, what happens in real time crime centers is they make use of various cameras. Maybe it's roadway cameras, maybe it's school cameras within a school in case there's a school shooting. Um, if it's a shot spotter program, if it's and it's integrated with other jurisdictions as well. So our thought is that if an event happens, we transfer our dispatch capabilities to this real time crime center because everything is coming at one time. They have screens up there that they can see the various school. Let's just say there's a school shooting or a school threat. Um, we have these cameras that, that can actually see real-time what's taking place at that school so they can help coordinate the response. They can tell the deputy that's arriving exactly what they see from the cameras. Now, now it's going to take some coordination with the school district to, to so that we have access to every school camera that they have. I can't imagine them them not wanting you know that that uh, okay. giving us access to that. But it's not as easy as just saying yeah, let's do it. We have to work on that. And basically, we have to have the brain that will incorporate all these things together. There are license plate readers. There are different things that we would incorporate, not just in Escambia County but in Santa Rosa and in uh, Baldwin County, Mobile County, and, and we can all coordinate these things these things together. So this would be not an always operating, this would be a when something significant enough happens, then we can mobilize or activate that center that would serve as the sort of clearinghouse facilitator for everything that's going on. Is that the idea? Well, it, it, it'll be in operation 24 hours a day. Oh, it but, will but, be. But, but they don't necessarily take over the dispatching of the calls. Okay. You know, so what, what because dispatch, um, you know, would be on different channels in different locations and, and they would continue to dispatch calls for service but if we have an event then then we would switch over to the real-time crime center and then they can coordinate that specific response okay. yeah it's, it's weird because it it sounds like the kind of thing i would have thought well don't we already have that <laughs> that's, that's what i thought when i when i was elected i was like why, why aren't we doing this yeah, right and, and we're doing it in pieces we have sure. a dispatch center and then we have an intelligence center 
uh, but we don't really have where we can see it on the screen in real time so that we can get that information to our deputies and it's it's costly i mean i'm not it's it's technology but it's something that we can integrate this shot spotter technology mm-hmm. with it and that's ultimately where we where we want to head well uh, i know we didn't really get to talking about any particular incidents this week which is fine because um, this is the general crime fighting strategy i want to understand especially because people are concerned and you've got the round table coming up tonight it's at 530 at where at Brownsville community at Brownsville okay very good so if you and the public is welcome to attend yeah and and just I want to make sure that people understand this will be the first one and it's heavily on elected officials Uh, I plan on having another one and we will incorporate a little bit more of the school district they were invited this time but they have another meeting okay Um, and and you can't coordinate where everyone can make it at one time I understand that and then we'll have one where some of the local uh, you know local activists can can participate and the round table itself but you can't have everything at one time all right I'm I'm gonna give you my one suggestion for night please 45 seconds and cut them off <laughs> yeah yeah i'm, I'm gonna I, i'm not sure i'm, I'm gonna i don't want to just have a meeting just to say we've had a meeting so i want right. to make sure that people understand be as succinct as you possibly can very good well i'm looking forward to it tonight sheriff chip simmons as always thank you for the time uh, uh thanks for spending it with us and thanks for helping our community be safer you bet y'all take care